into A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by True Man Fitness, a new way to work out, the best way to work out, and get yourself ready, achieve your fitness goals, whatever it is that you are looking to do, True Math Fitness will be there to guide you along the way, truemathfitness.com, for your workout, your first workout free. Two Rivers Ford, where you can go to check out any of the 2023 model year Fords available on the lot. Right now, award-winning customer service and a non-commissioned sales staff is what awaits you at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, Gary Ashton, the dream address without the stress or the opportunity to sell your home for more is available to you, courtesy of the Ashton team. And you can get in on the action with Superbook Sports this season. Superbook Sports accepts wagers on all major sports. Download the Superbook Sports app today. So, as we move on from the Indianapolis Colts and we start to talk about the Houston Texans and the Titans will travel down there on Sunday. Well, they'll travel there on Saturday, as will I, as a matter of fact. I do like the city of Houston. It's just kind of spread out, and I wish the stadium was closer to downtown. But, you know, everything in Texas, Dallas included, everything is so, you know, it's like a 25-minute drive to get anywhere. So that kind of stinks. But NRG Stadium, not the worst stadium. Uh, Press box in Houston, lovely. And this is a divisional game, so at least it's interesting. At this point. So looking around at the Titans versus the Texans and what Tennessee will need to do to win a divisional game, there's one thing that we have to focus in on specifically. And that was some personnel differences or some personnel tendencies that they showed against the Colts that they really haven't done or done to that extent all season long. So what I'm talking what I'm talking about is the way they deployed their offense specifically. And you're going to hear from Greg Cosell about that, uh, Greg Cosell of NFL Films, here in just a second. But I want to start with your Two Rivers Ford take this evening. The question, what's one change you noticed in the Titans' offense on Sunday? Now, maybe you didn't notice a change. In fact, the only thing that you may notice or you may point out is well, hey, they didn't score an offensive uh, touchdown on Sunday. What does uh, that may be the only change? Because that's the first game where they haven't scored offensively a touchdown thus far this season. So what's one change you noticed in the Titans offense on Sunday? It could be uh, a player in particular. It could be, you know, things like the Malik Willis jet sweep from a personnel package standpoint. Let me know in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch your Two Rivers Ford take. And while you do that, I will remind you the Two Rivers Ford makes all of these things possible, particularly the Two Rivers Ford take that starts every show. They'll make your car buying dreams come true when you go visit them in Mount Juliet. They have an easy, clean, efficient operation. We'll make sure that we'll make sure that you get exactly what you desire, no matter how you like to shop. Whether you're somebody who wants to go through the entire process online, you can do that at tworiversford.com and custom order your next vehicle the same way that I did. You can go out to the dealership. You can deal with somebody in person, be in a physical brick-and-mortar building, and see all the cars, test drive them for yourself just seven miles east of Nashville International Airport. Or you can call one of their non-commissioned salespeople, 1-800-900-1000, and talk through the car buying process today. 
They always go above and beyond to make sure you have a variety of ways to shop that make the car buying experience fun, easy, and efficient. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Uh, I feel like Hollister played more than normal. I could be wrong, says Derek R. Well, I mean, no, you'd be right. Uh, they uh, they viewed Cody Hollister throughout the course of the regular season, but he, he did have a, uh, well, actually, let me look up his snap count before I tell you that he did have a higher than average percentage of snaps against the Colts on Sunday, because I, I would say it's been about even keel um, for him as their, you know, at any given point, fourth or fifth wide receiver on the roster. So as you look at the snap counts for the Titans wide receivers specifically, you will notice that Robert Woods uh, led all skill position players, all non-quarterbacks, with 42 offensive snaps. Cody Hollister played 22 snaps, which is a lot, but I mean, you know, uh, he played more than Dontrell Hilliard did, played more than, actually, Austin Hooper outsnapped Cody Hollister, ironically enough. Played more than, you know, Mason Kinsey, Kevin Rader, uh, certainly more than Malik Willis, and, you know, a few snaps less than like Chiga Conquo or Austin Hooper. So that's about right, 22 snaps. Um, but as you look at the things that they did differently, you'll notice that there's a, as Adam Cruz correctly says, more tight end packages. So more of what we call base personnel. What you'll hear the analysis from Greg Cosell about is what exactly that means for them to be running as much of their offense in base personnel and how it helped them win a football game on Sunday. Here was Greg on the latest episode of the podcast that we call The Install. What did you see from Derrick Henry in this game? And then we'll talk about the Titans offense as a whole. Yeah, well, again, this is something where I wish I had a hotline right to Mike Vrabel or, or Todd Downing and they would answer me in a second. But they went really heavy in this game with base personnel. Through you know through the first, their record is now what uh, four and They're two. They're four and two. Yeah. Okay, so through the first uh, five games of the season, they'd been about fifty percent with eleven personnel, which means the other fifty percent were some kind of base you know base personnel. Mm -hmm. This game, they were close to seventy percent playing with base personnel, meaning two tight ends, three tight ends, the fullback. You know, so they obviously did that for a reason. Yeah, I can't say what the specific reason is. They obviously know because they did it. And no coaches in the NFL do things on a whim. So they really went heavy. Um, and they wanted to run the ball clearly. But I will say this. The fourth quarter, Derrick Henry had 11 rushes for 67 yards. 11 out of his 30 carries came in the fourth quarter. What they did best in this game as an offensive line were the double team blocks inside. They struggled with one-on-one -on -one blocks, but when they had those double teams inside, some like to call that duo. Um, others call it other, you know, different coaches call it different things. But that's when they were at their absolute best in this game, Buck, when they ran the ball with duo. So that's Greg Cosell talking about the way that they helped the offensive linemen, the way they helped Dylan Radens the way that they ran the ball as well collectively as they have all season long. Now, they gave Derek 30 touches, right? 30, uh, rather 30 attempts in the rushing uh, in the rushing attack is a lot of work, and it's just grueling, grinding, hard yards, right? They can't, I mean, I know he's Derek Henry, and I know he's El Tractorcito and all these things, but like, 
He's already not popping the big runs. I don't want to see them grind Derek down with 30 attempts a game just because they know that they can and they know that he can take it because I just don't know how long you can get away with that, even as I understand how important Derrick Henry is. But it worked for them in a game that they absolutely had to have and where points were at a premium. Uh, the Titans are 24-3 and when Derrick Henry goes over 100. Well, yeah, but that's got, again, that's one of the most misconstruing or misconstrued statistics. Now, I don't know if it's specifically 24 and 3, and it, you may well be right, Mark. I, I just, I don't know that number. Uh, I don't know that number off the top of my head. I know it's really, really good when Derek reaches 100 yards. But here's what I'll say it is, they are, Derek is reaching 100 yards because they are in control of those games, because that's when he starts to run in the fourth quarter. That's when he starts to close out games. That's when they're volume running with Derrick Henry, and occasionally he'll pop a big one, and he'll go over 100 yards, or he'll have a moment where they push the pile and it goes over 100 yards. Like He's rushing like that at the end of games because they're in control of the game, and that ultimately is how it should be designed to do. Um, I, think you have to, I think you have to understand what it is, the context, the proper context for that statistic. Because you're absolutely correct. But it's not It's not because Derek hits 100 yards. They're in control of those games, and it helps Derek to hit 100 yards because they're already, they're already having that success. They've got the early lead. Now they can bleed clock. They can run teams down with Derek Henry. Uh, we are in control because Derek is running. I mean, yes, okay, but not always. Like, you don't get the lead necessarily just because Derek's running. But you close out games because Derek is running. You take control of games because Derek is running. And when he's running well, you win those games, right? That's so like again, don't get it misconstrued, Mark, even as I know, you know, Mark is as blind a homer as we have, and it always delights me at this point. We're gonna talk more about that personnel difference. And and if you didn't fully grasp it, I'm gonna have Greg explain it to you again here in just a second. But I I want to talk uh, or I want to remind you quickly that the place that you go for the best workout opportunity, for the best path to get on your fitness journey is TrueMath Fitness. They are conveniently located downtown Nashville in the Gulch. It is a great workout program. No matter how you like to work out, whether you want to take part in their group classes, they have 45-minute, about 40- to 45-minute boot camp-style classes that will focus in on specific parts of your body so as not to exhaust you on any given day, but also to challenge you and raise your level of fitness. They have personal training if you want to take the next step and have a more individualized approach. Or if you just want to work out on your own time, they have their open gym concept that'll work well for you. TrueMathFitness.com is where you go for your first workout free and to find out more information about their membership offers. So, as we talk about the personnel uh, the personnel difference, how much more they're running out of those heavy tight end sets in this game versus the other games that they've played so far. Now, it's not like that's uncommon. We, you know, it was very much what they did early on in 2020 or uh, in 2021. Now, why did they do that a lot in 2021? Well, you would, well, they did run actually a lot of 11 personnel, um, as a matter of fact, which was pretty, which I always thought was pretty interesting last season, a higher percentage than we're accustomed to them running. Um, but that's been kind of the case under Todd Downing. So you look at a, uh, you look at a circumstance where 
for the 2021 Titans, right? It was it was grinding. It was grueling. The injuries caused it to be that way. You didn't have the wide receivers that you needed to make your passing game really efficient. Your offensive line wasn't necessarily great and struggled throughout the course of the year, but you could devise a rushing attack from time to time that would help you put that it would help put you in a position to succeed. You got to hit one or two critical passes. You need a little bit of luck, like that Austin Hooper bobbled catch up in the air, right? That's that goes for a critical conversion. Uh, but I think for all of these things, for all of these things, I think you need to understand that the the changes that they made, it not it's not necessarily indicative. Like, I don't think that's going to be how they run the offense moving forward, right? I think there's going to be moments when that's the case. But I just don't think at this point that is the best possible circumstance um, for the Tennessee Titans or specifically for the longevity of Derrick Henry because they need him. Um, they need him to last because he's their best advantage. Uh, I mean, on the offensive side of the football, Jeff is probably a greater, um, Jeff is probably a greater, Jeff Simmons is probably a greater defensive advantage or overall tactical advantage because he's so much more overwhelming than Derek is at this point. Now, again, it doesn't mean that Derek can't be great. It doesn't mean that Derek can't bust a run just because he hasn't done it quite yet. Uh, I think uh, I think that that is something that you have to consider because it's not just that the receivers are hurt, it's that the offensive line can't pass protect and you can't operate a drop back passing game. That's how those things go. And for the uh, for the Tennessee Titans, that is certainly out of necessity right now. Okay, that's only because Jeff has more help than Derek does. That's that's absolutely right. Jeff has infinitely more have help than Derrick Henry does at this point. That's absolutely so. So I think uh, I think when you look at the situation for Derrick Henry and the Titans offense, we'll see how it continues to go. They're certainly going to run it the way that they uh, have always run it and you know how much that how much that ends up in volume carries for Derrick depends on how much they need it on any given day. And given that they just put Kyle Phillips another wide receiver on injured reserve yesterday, probably going to need it a lot more. So let's talk about the wide receiver that they added. Chris Conley spoke to the media today um, as a part of the active roster. And I want to get your thoughts on a question that producer Reed thought would be a compelling one for you guys. Fair or foul? Chris Conley with the Titans will be more productive than Josh Gordon. Fair or foul? In the comment section on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch, we will discuss at length together whether you guys think that Chris Conley will ultimately be more productive, not hard to be more productive, but will be more productive than Josh Gordon. We'll talk about it together in the comment section right after I remind you that the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage is where you go for your dream address without the stress. GaryAshton.com has the Intel Edge. They're the official real estate agency of the Nashville Predators, and they will help you sell your home for more if you are in the market to do so. That Intel Edge helps you sell your home without any showings or staging, helps you find your next home while the Nashville real estate market is red hot, and helps you capitalize by winning the buyer battle and cashing in on your home equity right now. GaryAshton.com for more information and to get the Intel Edge you need to succeed. Trust the best in the business at the Ashton team. So, fair or foul for Chris Conley and his production? Uh, that question wasn't very fair, says Stephen King. Yeah, I know. It's going to be heavily slanted in favor of Chris Conley. Uh, fair, uh, says Jay Streets. Conley, younger and quicker. Well, um, 
you know, Chris Conley is slick been in the league for a long time. Now, I am going to look up how old Chris Conley. He's only a year younger than Josh Gordon. Um, you know, like I don't think younger and quicker is something that I would necessarily associate. Like it's it's ultimately can he play special teams? Can he run block as well as being a wide receiver that exists? and can catch a pass from time to time. Like it's really not it's so it's so ridiculous uh to say um it's so ridiculous to say that uh that it's not as much about his ability to catch the ball because of course that's nonsensical but it's really only a, a partial consideration when they bring these guys in here, as I'm sure you figured out by now, right? It's what Mike Vrabel told us after the game on Sunday. He said, "If you guys haven't figured it out by now, um, they're gonna, this is the way that they have to win games. They, uh, they have no one else. <laughs> they just, there is nobody else. There are other Chris Conley's of the world. There are other Josh Gordon's of the world. Um, but at this point, you know, Chris Conley is what you have and he seems willing and able and ready to rock and interested in participating for this particular football team. Yeah, he's made plays. You know, that's that's one thing. I can't remember specifically what plays that, that I remember him making, but I just remember him, him standing out and, and his name and, and making plays. So uh, as he you know comes in and, and gets accustomed to what we're trying to do here and what we're trying to accomplish, uh, see how he fits in our system in the best position possible and uh, start trying to give him the ball. Right, how- So that's Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill talking about the new addition. Now, Tannehill was limited in practice today. Worth noting that Tannehill did not go through the full uh, day of work um, as he works on an ankle sprain, would not designate high or low. He just said an ankle sprain, and I'll leave it at that. Eric Alonzo says this dude doesn't remember Chris Conley or the things that he's remembered of making plays. Chris Conley's been around the league for a long time. Um, Jay Street says, I believe he's 26 buck. No, I'm looking directly at his pro football reference. Chris Conley, born October 25th, 1992. So he had a birthday yesterday. Congratulations to Chris Conley, aged 30 years old as of yesterday out of the University of Georgia. So yeah, Chris Conley been around the league for a long time. Chris Conley's older than I am, right? Like let's, (laughs) you know, like let's not get crazy just because, I mean, he is, he is younger. You are correct. Uh, And and he is a year younger, maybe not even a year younger, on uh, on the uh, on the Titans wide receiver depth chart at this point. Um, should the Titans make a move for Claypool? I don't know what the Steelers are asking for him in return. No, I'm like, listen, guys, I like, I get it. And you know, if the Steelers are going to start selling off parts, I'd be surprised. Teams aren't really doing that when they've got when the thing that they're missing is the quarterback. Like they feel like they can go out and build a team and get the quarterback after the fact or get a quarterback that will work. So uh, I think that the, I think that the, you know, the, the trade that should exist is for a left tackle. Your life gets so much easier if you can just keep Ryan Tannehill from getting smoked every time they try to drop it back to pass. It can't keep happening this way. Um, it's a really, really tough scene. So I would say to you, you know, maybe they could or could not trade for Claypool. I don't necessarily think they're interested in adding wide receivers right now, other than like guys like Chris Conley. I think that they, you know, they're, they're, they're looking at a lot of different scenarios, but I just think wide receivers such such a stretch. Now watch tomorrow, you know, Schefter will have a note that, uh, Schefter will have a note that they're trading for all of the wide receivers, DJ Moore and Chase Claypool. No, that's not, 
necessarily going to happen that way. What left tackle, Buck? The entire league is thin at offensive line. Yeah, it makes it a problem, right? Nobody's giving up good offensive linemen. Nobody's nobody's giving up good offensive linemen. Um, the only offensive linemen that you would want are Reynolds at this point. You're not trading for a long-term solution. So guys uh, that I saw mentioned today, Andre Dillard, and, uh, well, he plays guard, so it's probably not applicable for the Titans, um, but he plays for the Denver Broncos, and his name escapes me. He's not been there very long. But apparently he get can't get on the field. Can't they release Lawan and get a $10 million cap hit? They, no. He's on IR. What are you talking about? They can't cut Taylor this year. Um, they've already paid the vast majority of that money out uh, with the way that Lawan is with the way that Lawan's uh, contract is structured. And there are things that protect uh, injured reserve players from being released by their teams. The NFLPA would shit a brick if a team tied, tried that. So, no, of course not. That's absolutely ridiculous. Otherwise, teams would be cutting players in the middle of the season once they put them on IR because then, theoretically, they would all get the cap space back. No, that's not how the NFL works and listen, I don't, I don't mean to be super dismissive. Maybe you didn't know that, um, but yeah, you know, that's just that's that's a rule. They can't do that. Um, but you get fourteen million back next year when they cut him. So for Chris Conley, obviously fair. I mean, uh, what Josh Gordon did here was uh, nothing. Literally nothing. He had one target. He had one target. Uh, no catches, no yards, and he played a bunch of snaps against the Bills because they were getting blown out, and the only target did not come from Tannehill. It came from Malik Willis because, as I mentioned, they were getting blown out. So I think that that is the situation for Chris Conley, and obviously the di- the biggest difference between Chris Conley and Josh Gordon is that Chris Conley immediately is on the active roster because uh, they just placed those dudes on IR. So I think that that is how these things go. And we keep moving and laugh at Russell Wilson together, shall we? The comments that I'm going to, or the question that I'm going to ask you here tonight on Mr. Unlimited is what is the proper airplane etiquette? That is what we are asking you guys in the comments section on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We will talk about it together. What is the proper airplane etiquette? Because Russell Wilson violated it. Today, I'll tell you specifically what you should not do, and then we could talk about airplane etiquette together right after I remind you that the Superbook Sports app is what you need to download to get in on the action today, tomorrow, every day in between. No matter what major sport you want to bet, Superbook Sports has you covered. So download the Superbook Sports app today. Take the fight to Vegas. Click on the Tennessee tab. You'll see all kinds of incredible Odds boosts and promotions for local teams. They also do it for other teams, but you have a specific tab for Tennessee local teams. Superbooksports.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. So, uh, looking, at the, uh, looking at the situation for the plane etiquette, because Russell Wilson, apparently, the Jaguars and the Broncos are going to play in London this weekend. Blech. Really, really gross game. I, uh, I'm, I'm not interested in watching that whatsoever. Except the Titans will play the Broncos in three weeks, uh, in three more Sundays. Not a full three weeks, but November. That it's their next home game because they'll go. No, wait. I think they have Kansas City. Uh, they have Kansas City. No, all right, Houston, Kansas City. 
Do they have Green Bay after Kansas City? That can't be right. I'm pretty sure that Broncos game is in the middle of that uh, before they play a Thursday night football game. I think that's correct. I hope that's correct because I don't want to have three straight road trips. That sounds terrible whatsoever. Uh, PJ's pillow and carry on. I sleep the whole time, says Stephen King. Okay, that's good plain etiquette. Um, uh, let people sleep. LOL, says Darren Ossie. That's a big part of it. Sit down, chill out, be showered. Small conversation. That is truly the correct plain etiquette. Now, whatever Russell Wilson did on his nine-hour flight from, uh, well, it's probably not quite nine hours. Although, no, I guess it would have been longer because they have to go the other way. So it's nine hours from London to Nashville direct. So what? That's probably probably tacking at least at least three and a half, three and a half more hours onto that trip. Either way, Russell Wilson's doing calisthenics in the aisle. I don't really get jet lag too often. You know, I don't I don't really, um, you know, I've traveled enough to, to get, you know, kind of get my system down. But uh, yeah, for me, I was on the plane the first two hours. I was uh, uh, first two hours, probably eight, was it eight hours flight here. That's, that's the first two hours I was watching the film watching all the cut-ups and everything else and then for the next four hours i was doing treatment on the plane i was walking up and down the aisles everybody was knocked out i was doing high knees and working on my, working on my legs and everything else you know make sure i'm ready to rock uh, so that was good and then the last two hours of the last hour of that i, I watched i fell asleep for one hour and i watched the film the rest so uh i felt felt good to go once we got back and then we had So that's Russell Wilson saying that he was doing high knees for four hours on an airplane or at least doing his rehabilitation process. So I'm sure it was not four straight hours of calisthenics. Uh, but yes, Russ is perpetually extra. He does not, <laughs> he doesn't just ever do, he just ever, he doesn't ever do himself a favor anytime he speaks anymore at this point. And maybe that's just because people are over Russell Wilson and actively interested in dragging Russell Wilson because it's fun to do and it's easy to do and he's kind of a cornball. But just uh, anything but calisthenics in the aisles. If you want to walk up and down the aisle, you know, just to stretch your legs a little bit on a long flight, I get that. I do that. I've t- I take plenty of, I'm on plenty of airplanes. Most of them, thank God, aren't longer than two hours uh, going to different Titans games. But when I fly to Los Angeles uh, in November, uh, I'm probably going to get up at some point and walk around a little bit because I don't like sitting down for that long. So I get it, but not the high knees. Just relax with the high knees. I, I fly Spirit Airlines mostly, so there's no air etiquette on my plane. Oof. The Spirit Airlines, I've I've only flown them one time. And I flew from Nashville to Tampa last summer because they had joint training camp practices there and Spirit was the only direct. And so I flew down there on Spirit Airlines and I... Nobody told me about the seats because the seats are just basically folding like card table chairs, uh, like the metal card table chairs that you would find with a small strip of pleather over them to simulate a seat cover. It's the most uncomfortable I've ever been on a flight. Um, So no more. In fact, I think Spirit Airlines is being bought by somebody because they were going out of business because the experience is horrendous. So, you know, I uh, hope that you have. I hope that your back is okay if you are regularly flying on Spirit Airlines. This is a nightmare. Never again. Uh, Russ left Seattle, but that Starbucks is still kicking, says Chris Curry. That's right. They're off and rolling. Off and rolling with uh, a with a red-hot Geno Smith. Is this week the later game start, says Randy Hinberg? Yes, it's a 325 kick for Titans and Texans. And I'm not sure why. 
Either way, I'll be happy to, you know, I'll have a leisurely morning in the the fine city of Houston, and I hope the weather's good, and we'll do a little Titan game day morning, like at what? If it's a 3 o'clock kick, we'll do it at 11, and that'll be all well and good, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow on the radio show tomorrow. It is spectacular. Uh, We've got Dane Brugler to talk about the top NFL draft prospects, who, which quarterback has helped themselves the most. We're going to look specifically at Tennessee players given that they have really started to kind of round into form. We are going to have Brett Kern in studio for the first two hours of the uh, of the radio show tomorrow. We are going to have Ben Jones on the radio show. Brett Kern is going to participate in the Ben Jones interview, and we'll have more Greg Cosell insights and analysis from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. That's how this goes. Can't wait to uh, can't wait to get into that with you guys tomorrow on the radio show. And if I don't catch you there, you'll be missing out. But we'll certainly come back and hang out tomorrow night on A to Z Sports Prime Time. See you guys. There's Matt All right, Prater. we haven't scored a point since I came in here. I am gone, guys. What? what? That's but, it. But we got a couple more questions. No, that's it. <laughs> Peace out by the GM. <laughs>